About three years ago, I took Grandpa for a harbor ferry tour. We went to Fisherman's Wharf and he bought me fish and chips. As we were eating, I asked him about his life, but was getting very little information from him. When I asked him where he'd met Grandma, he said, at the bank where she worked. And when I asked why he wanted to ask her out, he said, I thought she was cute, I guess. Maybe it's because I had, as he likes to say, made him hike to the harbor and he was tired but it was clear I wasn't going to get much information from him. But lately I've noticed he'll launch into stories from his past, totally unprompted, and will joyfully share stories of things that happened throughout his life. Maybe my dad noticed the same thing because he tried to convince me to buy Grandpa an audio recorder for his birthday so that he could record his history. The concept was good, but these days you only need a smartphone and Grandpa wouldn't know how to use a recorder anyways. So I told Grandpa I wanted to ask him questions about his life and record him, and he responded positively with so little hesitation I thought for a minute that he may have misheard me. I didn't know what to expect, but I planned for Harbor Ferry Grandpa who answered in short, matter-of-fact responses. I had a list of questions prepared, and I even put them in categories. Tonight we were going to talk about childhood. I asked him my first question. Where did you grow up? And that's all it took. He later told me he'd been thinking about what he would say and even wrote down some dates. He talked for about 20 minutes and then, in perfect grandpa style, abruptly said, that's enough. So I turned off the recording. But he kept going for at least another 20 minutes. Next time, I will just let the recorder run. I grew up in many little towns in Manitoba. My dad was a, a grain buyer, which is an elevator. And uh, we moved from town to town because my father's wages was dependent on how big the elevator he had. How big the elevator? How, how, when I say how big, I mean how much grain he bought in a season. Okay. See, he bought grain for a company who happened to be the Manitoba Wheat Pool. Yeah. And 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 that's that's how we. Now, where, where do you want me to go from there? Wherever you want, wherever oh. your mind takes you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, when when. Uh, when uh, I was born, mm-hmm. there was no money to be had. Yeah. No money to be had. My, we were on welfare for, I don't know how long, two or three years. Uh, my mother tripped over a horseshoe while, coming, while buying a dozen eggs. And believe it or not, the next day or the day, a week later, he got a job, and as far as I know, he's never been out of work since. Your father? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we, our, the first elevator we had was in Eli, Manitoba, and there there was a Catholic town, mm-hmm. and I, I and my sister and brother 
went to a Catholic school. Okay. And by the Catholic school, uh, we got out a half an hour earlier because from three o'clock till 3.30, they had catechism. Uh, and, and we didn't we didn't go to that. Okay. When I say that, one of the reasons my dad moved to another place was uh, my sister next to me decided that she wanted to go to catechism, and he, my father didn't buy that too good. But while we were in Eli, we were there for what seven or eight years. Myself, my brother, and my sister all spoke better French than we could English. Really? Yeah. And then when my dad decided to move, an, el an elevator come up. When I say an elevator come up, there was an elevator available that paid him more money. Yeah. So we packed these kids up and away he went. They normally had a house in each town for the grain buyer okay. and his family. Uh, if I'm not, uh, where did I go? What town remember. did you go to? Hey? What town did you go to? Car no, that, did I say Cardale? No, you haven't said that yet. Okay. The, the, the elevator he got after Eli was Cardale. And the population there was about 150 people. Hmm. That was 50 people more than there was in Eli. Okay. So all these great, great, great elevators were all small towns. And from there, we went, you know, I, how long were you there for? I'm just trying to remember. It seems to be about three or three or four years. So you were what, eight or nine when you moved there? And then? You know, I, I, I spent, I was all worn out. Oh yeah, about nine, nine or 10. Nine or 10, and then Then I done my three years there. Then we have to come to a conflict, my parents. Yeah. They wanted me to go to school. I didn't want to go to school. By now, by now, I'm what, 16? Yeah. So my dad said, uh, that's fine, son. <laughs> if you don't want to work or you don't want to go to school, you're not living here. <laughs> and I left. I bet you didn't have $5 in my pocket. So, I got my high horse, I hitchhiked to Brandon, and within a day, I had two jobs. And, and those two jobs, it was actually a, a no-brainer, because I had no money. Yeah. One had board, was, was board room. Yeah. And the other was Ango Oil in Brandon. Was what? Ango Oil. Oh, okay. So I went to this, to this uh, uh, Alexander, Manitoba. That's where I went. Okay. And what what was done there? The there was a rural 
or electrification, the farmers had no electricity. Yeah. So that, that was one of my jobs, is, is uh, to help put wiring in all these different houses. But my real job was that they needed somebody to crawl in the attic <laughs> with, with uh, cobwebs and mice and rats. And so that was, I did that for quite a while, for a better part of a year, I guess. And then I had wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah, did you meet anybody when you were doing that? Did you make any yeah, friends? Yeah, yeah, some good friends. But they, once again, once I got in the Navy, I kind of lost them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in Alexander, I got a phone call from my mother one day and said, uh, we were cruising with a couple from Flintflop. They want to know if you want to go to Flintflop to work. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, Flintflon is uh, is on the border of Saskatchewan and Manitoba, and they had a mine in Manitoba and a mine in Saskatchewan. So I got hired to to work underground in Saskatchewan, and by underground I. I you have to actually go to a, I was given a cart and put some steels on there, two foot, four, six foot, because the miners, when they drill, they drill two feet mm-hmm. and then pull out, put another two foot rod in. And if they can't get the right footage, then they have to take their drill down, scale it back up again, and do that. So I did that for the better part of a year, and I went from, right from 1,700 foot underground to 5,200 feet. And everything was on a little, little cart I pushed around. I went to every mine, every, every miner, and say, well, what kind of steel do you need? Yeah. Two, four, six, eight. Well, the guy he didn't like, you went last. Oh. So I put the steel together. Well, uh, they're pretty short this morning. Uh, <laughs> they haven't got a six or a four foot. Yeah. So that, it, it kind of worked out. I did that for a better part of a year. Was it a coal mine? Yeah. No, it was a Hodgson Bay mining smelling. It did everything. It was which? They, they drilled uh, during the day. Yeah. And they, they blasted it when they finished their shifts. Yeah. Then the, the afternoon shift <coughs> come along. You probably see it in the uptown here at the museum. They come around, they could put it in a cart, take down the track and put it in a hole and elevate it up. They, they did that all afternoon shifts. And when they, when they finished that, they, the, the, uh, the mountain they drilled in, they had to put the track that much for, for next day. Oh, for the train? Yeah, for, for, because this whole thing is on a, 
everything's out of rails now. Oh, okay. But what were they mining for? Like what material? Ore. Ore, okay. But see, they had to, see, they had to smell her up top. Yeah. They brought all this up, and they had big trains that took transfer from one mine to the other as far as the, for these, the smelting. Yeah. Different areas altogether. Okay. And from there, the following year, I went to uh, Manitoba side, and uh, there they was a chance to get a, a job at help electrician. So to get out of the right, I, I took that job. Yeah. It was a good job for me. But in, when you go to go to a work in a mine, you, there's a big pulley, and you can take these dirty old clothes on, put them on this pulley, and put them up there. Well, when you come back in the next day, you put these clothes back on. And, oh. And, and, uh, no point in washing them. Pardon? No point in washing no, them. No point in washing them. It's dirty. And then you had to, you light. You had to have light. Make sure you get a good light Because I was doing that traveling all over the mines. They never knew where I was because they never had radios. Yeah. So they, they had to trust that 17 year old guy <laughs> that he's going to do what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I was, I was there for that's two years in Flintflon. That's where I met Hazel, your, your grandmother. Oh, okay. That's where, that's where I met her. How old were you then? Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah, maybe nineteen. I met her there, and then me and my my buddies, and three of us, decided we got enough of this. <laughs> so we headed for places unknown, and we ended up in Windsor, Ontario. Yeah. Well, by that time I'd lost where Hazel was. I decided, no, that's too soon. After I spent uh, a year in Windsor, I guess, I lived, lived with my aunt. Mm-hmm. Once again, she boarded me, and I, I kind of forgot to pay her. <laughs> so from then, I went got to Windsor, I decided I'm not making enough money here, so I joined the Navy. What were you doing in Windsor for a job? Yeah, I was a helper. The move, electrician? Move, no, moving company. A moving company? You know, oh, okay. Heavy, heavy work. Yeah. But they weren't paying very much either. Yeah. So in Windsor, and I'm 18 or 19 years old. Yeah. I think I know everything. <laughs> Oh, well, while I was up in, in, in uh, Flinflon, it was a boarding room there also. Yeah. There's a, a, a bunk for you to sleep. Had your room to sleep in. They had a place for you to eat. Mm-hmm. And you play cards all night. Play poker all night. Oh, okay. This is when you were mining. Yeah. 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 But they, and then they, they made you lunch for, like when you had day shifts, which I had most of the time. Mm-hmm. They just they, they had a double lunch, and they did that. So, I uh, want to go further. Sure, you can keep going. <laughs> okay, I got to 
I joined the Navy and I spent oh, I think it's 12 or 14 weeks in Cornwallis. And, and then seeing I joined up at Windsor, the Navy was cut up in two, east and west coast. So I ended up, my home base being East Coast. I don't want that. <laughs> so now I, I gotta try and get this chase around. Yeah. It took me six months and I got it. Okay. But now, I finished my, my, my basic training in Cornwallis, and guess who was in the same division as me? Who? Judy's father-in-law. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What was his name? Gil Russell. Gil Russell. Gil Russell. Yeah. Anyway, when, when I got uh, to get these east and west coast things trained around where my own base is going to be, I decided I'm, I'm tired of this... Uh, going from power to post every six months. Yeah. So I decided we get married. <laughs> I can't find Hazel. <laughs> I don't know where she is. <laughs> so I got a hold of her sister. Yeah. And she says, well, she, she's in Yorkton, but I don't know if she wants to talk to you or not. <laughs> <laughs> Was she mad at you? Yeah, because I left and didn't say anything when I left the Oh. She had met her in fact. Yeah. And she was living with a section there. And then after, I found it later, she went from Flintfond to Yorkton. Yeah. I got a hold of her in Yorkton. And I found out she's now in Edmonton. And so I, yeah, I got a hold of her. She was a little, a little hard to get a hold of. Well, this is not hard to get a hold of. She was a little hard to understand what I was doing. Yeah. She wasn't uh, super excited to hear from you at yeah, first? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, from there, I went back out and stayed out here for a while. Now. In Victoria? Yeah. I, I, I decided, well, I might as well get married. I got no money. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I uh, just went down to People's Credit Jewelers, bought a wedding and a, and a engagement ring. Probably paid $25 for my own. $25 for both? I don't know what I paid. <laughs> anyway, we decided we're going to get married. So she's now in Edmonton. So I got I well, we're going to go to Edmonton. She's so short of money. I got no money. She didn't have any either. I don't know where I got. I got some money from somewhere. And uh, we got to Edmonton. We couldn't get married in Edmonton because you had to live there for two years, uh, two weeks, uh, two weeks. Because gosh, you couldn't get married there for some reason. I went to Manitoba and you get you get married there. We had a blood, each had a blood test. They get married. 
but my father, I guess, he must have given, paid for the wedding. Somebody paid for it, I don't know who was. I got married, and now we got to go to Capstack, Saskatchewan. How come? Because that's where her mother is. Okay. Well, we decided we, we haven't got a car. We're going, this is all about trainer, busing. So we went to Camp Sack. We were there for, I don't know, 50 days, four days. And went to Edmonton. I got to Edmonton, and I'm broke. <laughs> She's broke. We're not married, but that's as far as we're going. So. I, I, I had actually I broke. I had enough money to to uh, get myself out to the coast. Mm-hmm. She left her there. You left her there? Yeah. <laughs> she came out uh, after she got paid a month later. Is she working <laughs> at the bank? Yeah. And that's enough for tonight. So this was meant to be the childhood episode, but I'm calling it the overview part one because we got as far as joining the Navy and marrying grandma. Next time we'll pick up where we left off, but I told grandpa we'd fill in any blanks later. So if you have any questions about the things that were said here, let me know and I'll follow up and make sure it's recorded. And I apologize if grandpa was hard to hear, next time I'll put my smartphone closer to him. Weirdly enough, this is the first time I've ever recorded an interview on a smartphone.